strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Going to get some audience participation right off the top. No. How about a show of hands for those who are not nonconformists like Ron Wolfley? What are you talking about, Paul? Who among us is so done with mock drafts. (laughs) I'm raising my head right now very high, Paul. Raising it very high and proudly. Keep that arm high in the air when I ask who is ready for a real draft. In fact, I might use this (laughs) shtick tomorrow night right off the top of the draft party as I'm going to have the microphone up on stage. And I might just share with everyone that this year for Lent, I gave up scones and chocolate chip cookies. Next year, I'm most definitely giving up mock drafts. (laughs) I'm just saying that right here. In fact, the NFL Network just wrapped up a one-hour special featuring Daniel Jeremiah's final first-round selections and Ron Wolfley. I think you're intrigued to know. Envelope Please, the Arizona Cardinals select George Karloftis from Purdue. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? A lot of people are mocking him to the Cardinals at number 23, Paulie. Yeah. No doubt about it. We know two things for sure right now. It was the night before the NFL draft. We know two things. One, there's as much uncertainty as any year ever, right? You hear that over and over. And number two... We say Jacksonville will find a way to screw it up. They will screw up the number one pick. They'll take Trayvon Walker. will end up overpaid and underwhelming. That will happen. I'm just telling Actually, there's one other thing we know for sure, and that is every Wednesday before the NFL draft, we do a very special edition of the Big Red Rage that has now become tradition. Has it not, Ron Wolfley? Indeed, Pollock. Where we bring in the voice of the Arizona Cardinals, your cohort up there in the booth, Mr. Dave Pash, joins us tonight on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we doing? I'm with you guys. I'm ready for the mock traps to be over with. I can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah. Season starts tomorrow night. Like I said, I'll be out at the draft party, so it starts at State Farm Stadium. The season is going to end at State Farm Stadium with Super Bowl 57. Now you just got to figure out the in-between. And when you talk about the big picture for the Big Red, guys, let's just hit zoom out here for a minute. Um, Wolf, what do you think the Cardinals need to come out of this draft with what are the at? I mean, there's wants and needs. What are the absolute musts when you come out of this draft? Yeah, you know what, Polly. Honestly, um, you know how I feel about rookies to begin with, guys. I mean, I, 
I just, I've been jaded. I've been jaded by so many guys that were going to come in and they were going to change the entire team. This was it. They were going to come in. They were going to make the impact. They were going to be the difference between us being 5-11 and 11 and 11-5. Eleven and five. And there was just one problem they couldn't play. So I don't get too jacked up over the whole rookie thing, even though it is so exciting. There's no doubt about that. So I, I feel like I need to say that first, Polly. Secondly, they need a player that is going to contribute immediately. That's what I want to see. I want to see somebody that is going to contribute in September. And when I say that, get significant uh, snaps in September and maybe be a starter by October. I want to see that. Well, and you know what? That's asking for quite a bit based on the last two years because that was not the case with the Isaiah Simmons and then Zayvon Collins. You know, there has been a learning curve with those a two guys. A lot of that is by position, Paulie. It's so difficult to come in and play middle linebacker in the National Football League after playing in college. Dave, what do you think? Big picture, uh, what do you hope the Cardinals come out with when you're sitting there Saturday evening and having one of your nice glasses of wine? Uh, what do you hope you're celebrating? Well, you look at those three picks they have in the first three rounds, and I think ultimately you're looking for three starters. And that first-round pick you're hoping is a guy that makes a couple Pro Bowls. If you're picking in the top ten, you hope that guy is a perennial Pro Bowler. And if he's the number one pick or a top three pick, you're hoping he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, In terms of their first-round pick from a few years ago, uh, he's on the right track. Kyler Murray has helped improve the team the last few years. Rookie of the year, couple Pro Bowls. They picked up his fifth-year option. We'll see what happens this summer, whether he gets the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes money. But, you know, your most important piece for your organization, you've got that taken care of. And so you look at the rest of the roster, and it's one of the reasons, guys, I don't think that they made these huge moves uh, in the offseason so far, with the exception of re-signing some of their key pieces, is – the 10-2 and two record, to quote Ron Wolfley, yes. was real. Yes. Like, you could put 22 guys out there right now and be a winning football team. And so, in this draft, you're looking for guys, okay, wait, is there a hole that you can fill? Well, there's a hole at wide receiver, in my opinion. There's a hole still, in my opinion, on the offensive line, on the defensive line, at corner, although the Jeff Gladney signing is very, very intriguing to me. Um, so, and then second and third round, you know, you're you're looking at best player available, but again, you're hoping that those guys can eventually become starters. And I think because you only have really those first three picks, you know, the picks in the later rounds are guys that are developmental players. You know, maybe you strike gold and you get somebody that can play and help your team. But the Cardinals are drafting from a position of strength overall because they were a playoff team last year. And it's not real obvious which direction they might go. There are several positions. I mean, you might need more than one hand to count how many positions you could easily see the Cardinals selecting in the first couple of rounds. In fact, that was the question to Steve Keim, uh, positions of need this year. We all would acknowledge that, you know, edge rusher, wide receiver, corner, you know, any of those positions that are, you know, they're hard to find. I mean, listen, when guys get the free agency and they get paid the kind of money they get, you know, you're looking at left tackles, corners, you know, guys that are really hard to find, obviously quarterbacks. Now receivers are playing into that a little bit. Obviously, you know, when you see some of the salaries that these guys are getting at the, the receiver position, if you can get a number one receiver, there's no reason not to take one. 
Yeah, you think a tank of gas is expensive uh-huh. these days. Have you seen the going rate on wide receivers and edge rushers? Yeah, it, it is frightening. Although when he said that, and we were sitting there in the press conference, when he actually answered the question and named positions a need, and he said edge rusher, receiver, cornerback, I said, you know what that means? That means the Arizona Cardinals are going to draft either O-line or D-line <laughs> in the first round. That's what that means. Because he thought immediately it was subterfuge, right, Paul? Exactly, right. There was no way he was yeah. telling the truth. Exactly. That guarantees they're going O-line in round one. That, that was my reaction when he, when he actually said that. But, but it is true. I mean, either you can go into a draft wolf and you can have every single position seemingly theoretically buttoned up with veterans, right? At every, and then it, or you can go in with enough open roster spots where, and, you know, and the Cardinals have purposely left some of those spots open via free agency or yeah. lack thereof where it's not so much of a tell. Yeah, you know, the the Cardinal needs, let's talk about that for a second right here. First of all, I think they need Kyler Murray to continue to improve. That's always number one right there. Continue to improve as their franchise quarterback. And I believe that's going to happen. Number two, edge, um, defensive tackle, wide receiver, corner. I think those four right there, I, I think they're going to be in a position, guys, where they can look at those four positions at number 23 and say, okay, Who's the highest-rated guy we have on our board? And I'll bet you there's going to be somebody there from one of those four positions. Just a guess who's the highest-rated guy on our board, and then they'll take him at number 23. I think that's how they're going to operate. All right, Dave, agree? I agree, Just... Wolf. I mean, you... yeah, I agree, Paulie. You're 23. It's a tough position. I think last year they knew they wanted Zayvon Collins. There were a couple things, including the Patriots, drafting Mac Jones in front of them that had to happen for that to work out. Yep. And this year it's a lot different. Uh, you know, are there going to be some guys that slide? You have a couple players that are coming off injuries. Are they going to be there? Uh, you have a player in Andrew Booth who is coming off an injury you think will be ready for the regular season, but will he drop maybe because some teams aren't sure about whether they want to draft somebody that they're not sure will be available for camp or week one. And then maybe you have somebody – that other teams have in the late 20s or early 30s that you absolutely love, and that if he's there at 23, you're gonna be you're gonna be so happy that uh, that, that he was available, and you can make that pick. So I think that ultimately they're gonna take they're gonna probably have several positions of need up there, but they're gonna look at that board who they have there, and I, I have a feeling that there's gonna be a player that they have ranked in the top 15 that's gonna slide to 23. Mm. Dave, can I say this that. And, you, and once again, you can agree or disagree here. If you look at the Cardinals' roster, depth chart is currently constructed. They have enough starting corners now with the signing of Jeff Gladney. You mentioned that. They they have a starting crew of receivers right now. A.J. Green and Rondell Moore might not have enough depth. You know, they, they have an offensive line with Will Hernandez now and Justin Pugh as your guards, and you're set, okay. But do they have a legitimate bookend edge rusher to go along with Marcus Golden? I would say no. And to me, I would say that is a glaring need for the Cardinals at this point, is edge rusher. Can I just say I this? agree, but at the same time, can you count on one of the top guys following you at 23? You know, are you, do you feel like you're reaching at 23 with a couple of players? Is George Korloftis, a guy that you know I saw play in person this year, a guy that's a great story, that's a, a former water polo champion, like his lower body strength is ridiculous. He actually reminds me of a smaller version of J.J. Watt. I've heard a lot of people talk about Ryan Kerrigan. 
but he's got some Watt characteristics too. Um, but is he a reach? You know, in terms of his skill level, you know, he's not probably in the same class with some of these other guys. So are you reaching for him at 23 uh, rather than maybe taking somebody like a Jahan Dotson who could be there who, yeah, you have Rondale Moore and A.J. Green and, and DeAndre Hopkins, but you know for sure that in terms of value, what you're getting at 23. With a player like Karloftis, maybe you're not. Maybe you could get him at 28 or maybe even in the early second round. That's just you know, one example. But I'm with you, Paulie. Edge rusher is a glaring need. And by the way, Dave mentioned the uh, news on Kyler Murray. The Cardinals did officially pick up the fifth-year team option on Kyler, largely a formality, so he's under contract this year. And next season, that 2023 salary, about $29 million guaranteed. Of course, it's this year's salary of $5.5 million in salary and bonuses that uh, has been the subject of his agent's ire, and we'll see if that leads to the Mondo contract extension in the offseason. This coming weekend, it's the Draft Weekend Country Concert presented by SeatGeek featuring Ryan Hurd, Lanco, and Callista Clark. It's this Saturday on the Great Lawn, State Farm Stadium. For tickets and info, go to sportsmansparkaz.com. That is sportsmansparkaz.com. Just getting rolling here on the Big Red Rage. We heard Steve Kime name positions of need. We'll name some names next. The Big Red Rage with Dave Pash, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. I want to thank you for all the hard work and effort that you guys put into not only building this board, but the time that you guys spent on the road, the work that you guys do, and the information that you guys gather is, is really the lifeblood of this organization. The combine is designed in a way where it's, it's difficult to be successful 100% of the time. You may have a bad interview. You may have a bad lift. You may run a bad time. On my end, I, I want to see guys who push through that grit. These are some of the notes that we took and had some of the offensive linemen go over with Coach Kugler. It's very enlightening because you see, like, wow, this kid is on top of his stuff. And the football intelligence just kind of comes through. You try to make sure they enjoy the moment because there's a lot of young men that would be dying to have the same opportunity they have. At the end of the day, like we've always talked about, when a guy goes up there with his final grade, that's a cardinal grade. Cardinals flight plan. It dropped high noon today, season five, episode two, all access available now via the Cardinals YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash AZ Cardinals. You heard Steve Kime in there, Quentin Harris, VP of player personnel, Ryan Gold, college scouting coordinator, and then of course Cliff Kingsbury. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Yours truly, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and special guest Dave Pash, voice of the Cardinals, chopping it up about NFL Draft 2022. And if you talk about the Cardinals, there's a lot of speculation, guys, that they're going to go offense, mainly because they went defense the last two years. Now, I'm not really seeing the correlation or the reasoning behind that, but that seems to be a popular opinion. <laughs> and if they do go offense, then most likely they're going to go O-line or receiver. Okay, I'll buy into that. And that was the question this week to Drew Stanton, former Cardinals quarterback, Cardinals broadcaster on the Red Sea Report with Craig Grealou. And the question from Gree was, look, as a quarterback, if you were presented with a top wide receiver round one pick or a top old lineman in round one, which direction would you go as the QB? And he said immediately, I would go old lineman every time, Wolf. That's what Drew Stanton said. He said he was of the opinion you can find a quality difference-making receiver in later rounds, 
but it's much tougher to find that sort of offensive lineman in later rounds. Hence, you, if you got that guy at number 23, pulled the trigger. Yeah, Polly. Listen, offensive line, it's so important right now. You've got a quarterback like Kyler Murray. You've got to invest in Kyler Murray as well. Offensively, when you think about it, you have to protect Kyler Murray. And I think we all would admit that having a strong pocket, especially an interior pocket, is a must for Kyler Murray because there's no doubt about it. Kyler Murray is a guy that needs to continue to develop from the pocket. You need to protect him. The best way to do that is with an offensive lineman. Now, I will say the second best way to actually do that is to get a wide receiver that gets open, gets open quickly, and suddenly goes through his progression and the ball comes out. So having a wide receiver that knows how to win that's really, really important. But they already got that guy. It's D-Hop. DeAndre Hopkins knows how to win and how to win quickly. His short to intermediate stuff is fantastic. And you know what, Dave? To Wolf's point, the last impression we had of the Cardinals, the playoff loss, was 99. Aaron Donald yeah. just wrecking the game, just bum-rushing the Cardinals from that interior defensive line spot. So if you're saying, you know what, the uh, final impression is a lasting impression, we got to bolster the interior line, and you're going to go with one of these guys, Zion Johnson out of Boston College or a, you know, a Kenyon Green right uh, out, out of uh, Texas. You know, those two guys, I mean, that would make a lot of sense, would it not, Dave? I like both guys you mentioned, Paul. And remember, you've got a stud O-line coach in Sean Kugler who can help these guys develop. Here, here's another player that I I would love if he's there because I'm so intrigued by him. Is Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. Rodney Hudson's going to be 33 by training camp. And if Tyler Linderbaum is somehow there because maybe some people think he's undersized, th- this guy is... First of all, he played in the bowl game, knowing he was going to be a top first-round pick. And then he got hurt in the bowl game and came back in the fourth quarter to help his team win. Wow! This guy was a wrestler in high school who beat Tristan Wirfs <laughs> in wrestling in high school. Whoa. Um, I love this kid. Now, again, you know, can you plug him in? And can you play your best five? Can he figure out how to play guard? Or can Rodney Hudson play guard? I don't know. But I'm just saying, if that guy's there, and he probably won't be, I'm taking a long, hard look. But the other two players you mentioned, Paul, I like both those guys. And again, you've got an offensive line coach who can help develop these young guys. And I'm not, st- I'm not giving up on Josh Jones just yet either. I want to see another year out of Josh Jones. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to see Josh Jones a tackle. I, I just don't think guard is, is spot, at least based on, on last year. But you know what's interesting about that center position is that Steve Kimes said during the press conference that once upon a time he was of the opinion that a first-round draft pick should only go to a quarterback, a left tackle, an edge rusher, or a corner. But then he realized last year the importance of a quality center. Yeah. And the difference Rodney Hudson made, and to Dave's point, is at the end of his career, he's towards the end of his contract, he's expensive. That would make sense, would it not, Wolf? Well, it would, Paulie. Yet at the same time, do you think Rodney Hudson is going to help the Arizona Cardinals win this year in 2022? Do you think he's going to help them win and get to the playoffs? I think yes. I don't think he's he's a guy that I look at as a liability. He's not at that point in his career right now. So I look at him and think, okay, where are you going to play Tyler Linderbaum? Where are you going to play him? Are you going to play him at guard? 6'2", under 300 pounds, 
Um, I don't know about that, guys. That's <laughs> well, a scary proposition right there. Yeah. Let Especially when you have 99 in this division. I would say, let him wrestle Aaron Donald to the ground. You know what I mean? Man, just uh, set him. Okay, so if not O-line and it's offense, then it's got to be wide receiver. Wolf, do you have a favorite? A guy who's realistic at number 23. Oh, Polly, there are. There's no doubt about it. There are some guys that I hope are going to be there, and I would say that um, – Drake London is one of those guys. I doubt that Drake London is going to fall that far. He reminds me so much. I'm sorry, but he reminds me of a bigger version of DeAndre Hopkins. Whoa. You watch him go about his business. You watch him run his routes. He catches the ball in traffic as well as any other receiver in this draft. He runs good routes. He's a big target. He's a guy that I think has some sneaky speed. He's not a guy that is a 4-4 guy or a sub-4-4 guy, um, but he does have some sneaky speed, fast enough speed as we used to call it. Jerry Rice was a guy who, what, he was timed running a, a 4-6-40 coming out of college and yet ran by everybody to get to the ball. I, I think Drake London has an awful lot of that in him. Drake London and Chris Olave, those those two guys, I think, have the possibility of being there at 23, and I like them both. I don't know. That might be a little optimistic, Dave. I don't know what you think about that. I've even seen some recent uh, draft mock drafts that have had Jamison Williams fall into the Cardinals at 23 because of the ACL Sold. injury. I mean, that would be an absolute for me. I- I'm Sold. with you on that, Wolf. But, uh, you know, Dave, I know you've seen a lot of these guys. Like, for example... Most of these mock drafts say if there's a receiver available at 23, it'll be either Traylon Burks out of Arkansas or Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Do you have an opinion on either guy? Give me Jahan Dotson all day. Really? Uh, Traylon Burks, I, I, he might end up being a tight end. I, I don't know that he fits exactly with uh, what the Cardinals want at that receiver position, where Jahan Dotson – uh, I think there's some questions about his size and, and his you know play strength, as the scouts like to say. But, man, he's got some speed, and he's got great hands. I'd be shocked if Drake London's there. I, I, I can't mm, imagine him yeah, being there. That's probably um, wish I, I'd be pretty – I'd be surprised, Wolf, if Olave was, Olave was there too. Dotson, there's a chance – the Jameson Williams thing is so interesting because – if, if, unless you're a team that was in the playoffs already, are you going to take a guy that you don't know if he's going to play at all this year? And if he does, it's probably going to be November. The Cardinals have the luxury where you can take him. The thing is, the guy, probably if he's healthy, is Jamar Chase. He's probably a top-five pick and a, and a pro bowler and a guy that immediately lifts your team to being a Super Bowl contender. He's that good. So if he's there, obviously a grab. I, I just don't think he will. But Dotson and then – don't sleep on Christian Watson either. Uh, he's big from North Dakota State. Yeah. He's, he's fast. He, he fits into their jet sweep stuff. Wolf, uh, I like him. Again, the, the, the thing you don't know about is you know how he's going to do it you know, playing elite competition every week. I honestly, David, I think I'd love to see them take a guy where his floor is high, right? I mean, this is something that Kyle Vandenbosch has been talking about. And I love the the image of saying he's got to have a high floor. Forget about the ceiling and how high the ceiling might be. Get a guy at number 23 that has a high floor. I, I love that imagery right there, and I think that's something they've got to look at. A guy that is a proven commodity, a guy that is a, a low-risk 
pick. There's nothing that's a guarantee. There's never going to be a guarantee. But a low-risk pick. In other words, get a guy you think is going to be a starter for 10 years on your team. Yeah, and this this class of receivers is considered one of the most robust in the last decade plus. The question, I think, what's greater, the depth of quality receivers or the demand for receivers? Because my big fear at 23 is four of the five teams in front of you could easily go receiver. Philly at 18, New Orleans at 19, Patriots at 21, Packers at 22. In fact, when Steve Kime said during the press conference, you know, We've had some offers and some conversations, maybe about trading up four or five spots. I said, yep, ding, because <laughs> those four or five teams in front of you all want receiver. So if that's your target position, I could see that happening. Then again, it's so deep that, guys, I was watching NFL Network earlier this week, and you had James Jones on there, NFL Network analyst, longtime NFL receiver. He said the best receiver in the draft, quote-unquote, is Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Okay. And then he went on to say that George Pickens from Georgia will be a future all-pro receiver. Now, he had an injury plague 2021, but Dave, I'm wondering, George Pickens, who has been likened to A.J. Green, in fact, he was on the A.J. Green Family Football Scholarship while at Georgia, 6'3", 195, ran a 4'4", 740. Uh, he's a guy who's been highly skilled, a few issues off the field. I'm wondering, he might even fall into round two and be available, perhaps. Well, James Jones works out of my gym. I'll have to bring up the fact that he also said that Kyler Murray's played his last down as a Cardinal, so I'm not sure that his information is... <laughs> that's <laughs> that's is absolutely always... right. I forgot about that. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, look, the players, though, he mentioned me, they're good players. I Look, it just comes down to value. And at 23, it doesn't mean that, you know, Sky Moore and, and Pickens and even John Mechie from Alabama who's probably not a first-round pick, you know, are you going to spend number 23 on him? Or do you think that maybe you can get – I mean, the Cardinals have a history, too, guys, of moving up in the second round. Now, they don't have a lot of picks, but they also don't need a lot of picks. You know, they're, they're a playoff team. You don't have to – you're not trying to build your roster. You're trying to enhance your roster with your picks. So, you know, there's always a possibility that if there's somebody there early second round that they absolutely love, that they had – ranked very high that's there and it fits a need that they use a player picks future picks to move up and get that guy yeah you know what that's the one thing i love guys too when you think about the positions here uh, i think the first two rounds we could see receiver and i think we could see edge i think we could see either edge receiver or receiver edge I mean, I, I again, they're going to take the best player available at number 23, but I think those two positions are, are sort of deep. Um, edge, definitely. Receiver, not as much, but still pretty deep. So I think we could see those two positions addressed in this draft. We'll see. Yeah, what Daniel Jeremiah tell Dave about the edge position? It goes 20 deep in this draft. In fact, it is episode 28 of the Dave Pash podcast featuring the NFL Network draft analyst. So to see that or catch up on past episodes of the Pash Pod, just go to your preferred podcast provider on Twitter at Pash Pod. We continue with Dave Pash on the Big Red Rage NFL Draft 2022 right after this. College scouts do a phenomenal job in terms of their research and getting to know these guys. So they set the table for us. So when we come in and talk to these players, we know what some of these issues are with these guys. So we can kind of probe and figure out who they are. What was the change? 
in terms of, you know, applying yourself. Because a guy may have a, a reputation of being a bad guy or a bad person, but when you talk about them and learn their family history and learn where they come from, you can get a better understanding of who they are. And you're like, this kid is not a bad kid. Look where he came from. Look where he's at now. Now he's rough around the edges, but he's improving, he's maturing. So when we do miss on players, we miss on the person. Um, so the interview process is a critical component of, uh, of being here. Want to get ready for the draft 2022? You got to check out the latest episode of Cardinals Flight Plan. You go to youtube.com slash AZ Cardinals. It dropped today. That is Quinn Harris, VP of Player Personnel, and just the whole process from the combine all the way through setting the board. It takes you into the war room, hashtag all access. And that's what we're talking about here. Cardinals Draft 2022, the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals, Dave Pash, and if you went into those war rooms, guys, there's a lot of NFL GMs that, according to NFL Network, they foresee a run on quarterbacks late in round one that, you know, Malik Willis and or Kenny Pickett will probably, probably be off the board by the Cardinals pick at number 23. But if there is an interest and availability of quarterback and the Cardinals are at 23, Wolf, do you think the phone rings for Steve Kime? And how viable is the possibility they trade out at 23 and cash that in? <laughs> Paulie, uh, you know, I guess it's a viable proposition for them where they could possibly trade down and collect some picks, uh, depending on how much they like this draft and how it's shaping up at number 20, 21, 22, 23. Um, but you know what? I, I don't think that's very likely that this is just me. I, I don't think they're going to trade the pick. I think they're going to keep the pick, be right there at number 23 and hopefully select a guy that is actually going to make a difference and be a difference maker, come in and contribute immediately in his rookie year. Yeah. So if it's all about the quarterback and getting to the quarterback, then, Dave, what do you think? As an edge rusher, you saw Karloftis, for example, right? Uh, tell us some more about Karloftis. And, you know, his water polo background is intriguing. They say his motor is nonstop. So that's obviously a plus. Yeah, I mean, Purdue, you know, he, he won some games for them this year, and people have made the, the Ryan Kerrigan connection. Ryan Kerrigan was, if I'm not mistaken, the second overall pick in their draft. So I, I don't know that that's fair. And obviously, J.J. Watt was, I think he was 11. Karloftis, I mentioned, feels like a little bit smaller version of J.J. Watt to me. I'm just not sure at 23 that he provides the value. I think a lot depends on, you know, is David Ajabo gone? Like, how do you feel about him? Do you think that it's worth taking a guy that can't contribute this year? Or, you know, Jermaine Johnson probably isn't there. He's probably going to be... I think what's going to be interesting, two things are interesting to me. The quarterbacks. Does Malik Willis get picked high or does he slide? Mm-hmm. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be a first-round pick. question is, does he, he go to Carolina or does he go to Pittsburgh, meaning early or late? What if Willis slides and, and you know, he's not taken until the second round? The, the other thing is Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, is he going to be a top-five pick or does he slide? And if he slides... What does that mean for somebody like Jermaine Johnson? What about Boye Mafe, a guy from Minnesota who a lot of people have as a late first-round pick? There, there, there's going to be an edge rusher there at 23. The question is, do you think 
from a value standpoint, based on your board, that it's worth taking him there. To your point, Paul, what if Malik Willis isn't drafted? And somebody calls the card and says, we're going to take this kid and we'll we'll give you an extra third-round pick and maybe this team's picking 27 to 28. And you feel like, you know what, we can get somebody 27-28 that we had in our top Mm -hmm. 20 on our board and pick up an additional pick. I think the Cardinals would look at that. And you know what? That happened 2014, did it not? Where the Cardinals had some of their guys taken off the board. Steve Kime shared as much with the media. They traded out at number 20 down to 27. They netted a third-round pick, which became John Brown. So that has been done before. I think it's a distinct possibility this year. That's just my gut feeling. Um, our producer, Jim Omohundro, has tasked you guys with actually naming a name, making a pick. <laughs> So, Wolf, you know, um, you've been all over, you know, Devontae Wyatt for months now. I mean, are you sticking with that? Have you had some, uh, you know, have you done some more research as a matter and film fact, work? Holly, as a matter of fact, I have. Thank you very much. Over the last week, I think there were some stories that started to come down, right? There's no doubt about that. Uh, stories that came down about Devontae Wyatt that I think um, would probably take him off a lot of draft boards. Having said that, um, it's interesting, the the cut that we played coming in here, there were people talking. I, Q was talking about people that I think are just like Devontae Wyatt, a guy that's okay, he's a little rough around the edges, a guy that uh, may have some question marks, but a guy that maybe you might take a flyer on. Um, again, I think it precludes him from being taken by the Arizona Cardinals at number 23. But how far is he going to fall? Is he going to fall to number 55, Devontae Wyatt? Is it possible he'd actually be there in the second round? I don't know. But um, maybe that's a little hint as to what the Arizona Cardinals are thinking on him. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll go. I-, I think they do leave the edge guy or and or Devontae Wyatt to round two. I do think they go line in round one. Four, there are five starters in the offensive line entering the final year of their contract. So whether maybe it's even Linderbaum, I'm not sure. I think it's more apt to be a Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson. I think they go line And then in round two, one of those pass rushers and or D linemen you guys have named. And I'll throw out there Nick Benito. A guy from Oklahoma we talked to Drew Grigson about, and a guy who's pro football focused grades. I know it's analytics, but it's just stupid how highly rated his pass rush snaps were, and they really didn't use him in a pass rush role a vast majority of the time. He dropped into coverage a whole bunch, and so if you were to unleash him and he's still there at 55, I could see the Cardinals nabbing him. If I had to pick somebody, if you said you absolutely have to name a name, I, I, again, this is assuming he's there, uh, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. But I, I, I'm not sure he's going to be there. And I like Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson, the, either of the two offensive linemen who are you know, guard slash tackles. And if for some reason Tyler Linderbaum falls uh, and, and he's there at 23, maybe you scrap all the other ideas and say, you know what, this guy's the best football player. We'll find a way to make it work this year with the certainty that this guy is going to be with us for 10 years and be a perennial pro bowler. Yeah, you know, honestly, this is. If it's a situation where you're saying, who do you think is going to be there and what would you like to see them do? 
Um, I, I think Kenyon Green is going to be there at number 23. I think there's a real possibility he would be there. I've loved Kenyon Green from the very beginning. At any time you're talking about a guy that could possibly firm that pocket up, that interior pocket for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, Kenyon Green is a big unit. He's got a lot of butt, man. He's going to line up, and he's going to put that butt in the gap. And, and that butt is enough to actually build a bit of a wall for Kyler Murray, and I think that's really, really important going forward, finding guys who are going to brawl in the interior and keep that interior pocket solid. For me, I'm going to go Kenyon Green because I think he's going to be there, and I think the Cardinals wouldn't be able to pass him. Wolf, it would fit this pattern that you've been citing, maneuver by maneuver, of the Cardinals maybe trending towards that team they were the first couple months of the year, not just a winning team, but a much more physical style of football would he not fit into that formula yes paulie he would there's no doubt about it again um listen what is the strength of the arizona cardinals you have to ask yourself this it's the offense you're gonna have i believe guys you're gonna have 300 plus million dollars wrapped up in kyler murray when they come to this extension agreement i I don't know i don't know how much it's gonna be it's gonna be a boatload that much we do know you gotta protect him guys you got to protect him. I think we're going to see a lot more offensive linemen drafted over the next couple of years because they have got to protect him. And hopefully they're going to have success very much like a Baltimore Ravens team has had success drafting offensive linemen. Yeah, and as intriguing as some of these corner prospects might be, Dave, you know, the fact they went out and got Jeff Gladney, and and they paid a little bit of money. There was a bidding war for Jeff Gladney. They won that bidding war, and so, you know, you realize that a Sauce Gardner, a Derek Stanley, those guys aren't going to be there. Andrew Bruth, you you brought up. But there's also a number of other corners, you know, whether it's Trent McDuffie or a couple of the UW guys, Kyer Elam from Florida, former teammate of Marco Wilson. You know, so... There are possibilities those guys will be available. What do you think, Dave, if the Cardinals went that direction? Corner. Yeah, it, it, I mean, look, it's anything's possible. It depends on who's there and who's not. I mean, if, if all the guys we've talked about here, including Kenyon Green and Dotson and Linderbaum are there, you know, then you've got a tough decision to make whether you want to go corner. You already got a couple of Washington DBs. Uh, Jimmy Lake is an excellent position coach, but I'm not sure he's that good. You want three guys from Washington, but ultimately it's about who the best players are. Uh, a booth to me, uh, you know, it's a guy, again, that played in the bowl game that tells me something. Uh, when you could have sat out and, you know, all these guys are sitting out because they don't want to get hurt, but the guy loves to play football, yeah. uh, that that says something to me. Um the, the, the Gladney thing is really interesting because it, he was a first-round pick two years yeah. ago. And I, I, the Cardinals would not have brought him in given the, the things that have happened with him uh, if they didn't do their homework, if they didn't talk to the former GM, Rick Spielman, if they didn't take into account all the legal stuff. So are, are they looking at him maybe as a starter with him, Byron Murphy, and Marco Wilson? If you think, you know what, we've got three really good corners. Yeah. Um, and then maybe you have Alford still. You, you re-signed Antonio Hamilton. Maybe that's an area you don't need to worry about in the first round or in the draft at all. Now, of course, you can never have too many of them. So if there's somebody maybe in the second round, I, I don't know. I have like 10 guys on the list, I think. This is just my guess of 10 guys. I have one corner on that list. It doesn't mean they won't take one. I just, Booth is the one guy I have there. But I also think a lot of the guys are going to be gone. 
But you know what? That's an astute observation about Gladney and using the word starter because that is the word that Drew Grigson used two weeks ago on the Big Red Rage, right, Wolf? Yes. Drew Grigson, just uh, you know, just waxing poetic about Jeff Gladney, called him a starter. Well, so, you stop and think about it too, Paulie. If you're watching tape of Jeff Gladney in NFL games, what do you think is more reliable, the tape you're seeing in NFL games or college mm-hmm. tape? You don't even have to project right. him. He started as a rookie. That's right. Well, and then there's also the possibility of, uh, as Steve Kime said, of uh, a potential draft day trade where their guy is right in front of them. I mean, their guy is only a few picks away, and they trade up to nab that guy. That's always a possibility. They have done it in the past. We'll continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Dave Pash, our special guest. in a week to go and, and I think that uh, it's a great time to continue to watch film make calls, gather more information, if there's any questions or concerns reach out to the players, reach out to college coaches and let's make sure that we, uh, we're prepared but I just want to thank you for all the hard work and um, effort that you guys put into not only building this board but the time that you guys spent on the road the, you sort of feel like a nomad sometimes because you know, you're out there on the road and you feel like you're not really a part of the team. Uh, but at the same time, I think you all know that the work that you guys do and the information that you guys gather is, is really the lifeblood of this organization. Cardinals flight plan taking you into the war room. No, your key card, Wolf, does not get you into the war room. The only way you get in is to go to YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals in the all-access Cardinals flight plan. Emmy award-winning. The latest episode has dropped. It is all about tomorrow's draft 2022. As we wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, Ron Wolfley, Dave Pash, yours truly, Paul Calvisi. I ran into a longtime Cardinals assistant coach in the hallway, guys, and I He told me with a straight face, he was dead serious, that in all his years, he has never read a single mock draft. (laughs) And I said... That's so good right there, Paul. I said, you know what? You are better off for it because I just read a mock draft that has the Cardinals taking Kenny Pickett. The pick quarterback. It, it's, it's and I'll name names. It's draft wire. Their 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 mock has the Cardinals taking Kenny Pickett. I mean, you talk about zero chance. The Steve Kime quote: zero chance. I mean, I don't. I, you know what? We are so ready for this. Are we not, Dave? Are we not ready? In fact, just to prepare everyone that you might have to adjust on the fly. Steve Kime was talking about how you you got to be ready in that war room because things are happening real quick and in real time it's the hardest part is to try to think about who's legitimately going to be there you know you always sort of play it out in your mind and you think about different scenarios um and you have to go through that and that's why we have our mock drafts and the year we picked um down buchanan I, I look back at that draft and i think about the way that the board fell and that year we had four guys that we absolutely loved i remember that and they literally went right before we picked and um you just got to be prepared for that. That's going to happen. And you have to have to have a strategy, whether you're going to stay there and pick or you're going to trade back or vice versa. You know, if you have somebody you love and you want to go get them, go get them. 
Never forget, too, Polly. sometimes you're in the war room and you've got coaches that are trying to force their way in into the war room. That's right. <laughs> sometimes, right. Polly, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. you got to be able to move with the, with the tide, with the current, Polly. So, so, Dave, last year you nailed it. Did you not say on this very show, Zayvon Collins, number 16 overall, going to the Cardinals? I think so, Paulie, but I, I don't remember for sure, but I, I think I might have. All right. Okay. Do you guys want to get on the record here? Who are you forecasting? Who do you think? Just in case you actually, you know, you throw that dart and you hit a bullseye, what, what do you think? Uh, Dave, I'll spare you some time. Wolf, who are you going with? Okay, listen, uh, do I hope he's there? Yes, Jameson Williams, but there's no way. There's no way. I, I don't think he gets past the Jets at number 10. I, I kid you not. They got two picks, number four, number 10. I don't think, listen, the Jets, do you think the Jets are looking at, boy, if we just have a good draft, we're going to get to the playoffs. No, they're not thinking that. So that's one of the reasons why I think they're looking at their young quarterback and saying, man, that kid from Alabama right there, that kid that kind of looks like Tyreek Hill in terms of running and how he actually would impact an offense, let's go get him. I could see the Jets doing that. So I wish Jamison Williams was there. I really do wish he was there. But, Paul, I think it's going to be Kenyon Green. All right, Dave, what do you think? Real quick. I could definitely see Kenyon Green. I, I mentioned earlier, I'll just throw out Jahan Dawson, but again, he may not be there either. Gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll say all those guys are off the board, and I'll go George Karloftis, and I'll just I'll just cave to all the mocks because that seems to be the most popular pick with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And by the way, you can join the season ticket priority list for the 2022 season. And if you've seen this schedule, we're talking Tom Brady and the Bucks. You got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Justin Herbert and the Chargers. How about the Patriots and the Eagles, a playoff team, the Saints, along with all the NFC West foes. Go to azcardinals.com slash priority list for all the info. Dave, thank you. Enjoy draft night 2022 for Ron Wolfley and for Cody Fincher and Jim Omohundra. I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage. Ciao. been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club